Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Value Line Observer, brought to you by the Value Guys. I'm Vern Value. And I'm Val Hughes. And we're 20-year Wall Street veterans that have taken on secret identities. Top secret. Adopted disguises, changed our voices so that we can stay employed because, frankly, our bosses would never allow us to bring you our unfiltered, candid, unvarnished, unvarnished uh, views on stocks every week Private like we views. do. Uh, every week for quite a while now, a long time, we've gotten together every Friday to look for ideas in that week's Value Line Investment Survey. Um, but before we uh, share our thoughts on this week's stocks, we need to remind you that this is for entertainment purposes only. We may own all the stocks we're talking about. We may have other conflicts of interest. Uh, we may have interest in the way the stocks move that would well, really would blow your mind. They so, would? What? Are you from the <laughs> 60s? <laughs> the worst is thing, Jimi Hendrix going to come the, on? The biggest risk that you need to worry about is that we you know, often know nothing about what uh, the subject is that we're talking about. Um, please yeah. visit our website to learn more about us. The show us. seems to be lagging so far, Vern. What's going <laughs> Thank on you. with you today? At www.thevalueguys.com. Uh, yawn. That's thevalueguys.com. In the second half of the show, I'm going to be back with, as usual, three rock-solid value ideas. But first, I'm going to turn it over to the dean of value, Val Hughes. Thank you very much, Vern. Get it. I appreciate that kind introduction. So should I push this? Uh, yeah, just press that. Just like we so. We just time things now. Okay. You know, it's all so official. Uh, thanks for listening in, everybody. Mm. I've got – this was a tough in- – Cheers. Cheers. Cheers to you. It is after work, after yes. all. I don't want to just rush into the next idea. Let's take a moment. Mm. Uh, now, this issue I always have trouble with because it's banks, financial services. Oh, we yeah, keep it's... forgetting to call, you know, Tony wants to be on the show. It's half banks and um, financial services. And, and we've done a bunch of these. I want to just say and internet. all of our stock picks going back three years are indexed by ticker. If you pull our... XML code, uh, you know, thevalueguys.com, thevalueguys.xml into Internet Explorer. You can index by ticker. So we've done a bunch of these over time. Uh, and uh, Can you so, imagine what? the sheer number of stocks that we've been wrong on? Our, yes, I that can. That we're beaming <laughs> our thoughts on out into All right, the well, universe. I, I have three ideas I want to get to. But Just first, I want to, Vern, I have some, an announcement. Oh, you do? Yeah. I have an announcement this week. I need to be I was quiet, driving though. in my car on Saturday, and uh, my wife has you know a favorite show that I feel proud I introduced her to. It's called Car Talk, which actually is where the idea of doing this came from. So I'm a huge fan, and uh, well, I think you I thought of listening. it independently, but you were inspired by well, car inspired talk. Car Talk, you know. And so um, you know, by the way, uh, listeners, you know, you may not appreciate this. This this show is on the radio now in some select markets we haven't disclosed. It's under the name Stock Talk, so it's an homage to Car Talk, and we're on in a few uh, markets around, so we've gone a little commercial. But I'm thinking about Car Talk, and you know what, Vern? I thought they had an element to the show that really drove their show and made it a great show, and I wanted Tell to me. introduce Tell that. Me. I want to introduce that today on our show. Okay. It's Collins. Collins. Oh. Right. And we don't do call-ins, so I, here's what I want to do. Right now, I want to mm-hmm. introduce this week on our show. With call-ins. your home phone number. Right now. No. 
No, I've got some people. We've already passed out the number. People know my number. It's on the website. I've been out there. Uh, So I just want to get started with that right now, if you don't mind. I mean, Mm. we're ready to go. Okay. Please. Um, Hello, you're on Stock Talk. Okay, well, I guess we lost that caller, uh, Vern. Let me... Um, Why don't you try yeah, another? Yeah, I'm going to try another one. Uh, hello, you're on Stock Talk. Well, that's, Crap, doesn't that's seem not to working. Be working um, anyway, listen, I love the show. Well, that, those we guys have, have been doing it for years, right? Try. They're pros. Let, let me try. They know how to get people Actually, to actually wait a minute. call. I, I think I've got this working okay. now. Hello, you're on Stock Talk. Are you talking uh, to me? I just... <laughs> I got to work on that. Okay, three ideas this week. First up, uh, and I do give you the page numbers, ladies and gentlemen. Janus Capital, J-N-S. This is on page 2554. I may have spoken about this before. We have a theme here, uh, needs not wants. Uh, We like demographic trends. We like to tie into uh, entrenched trends that you can rely on and, you know, sort of focus on the long term. Janus Capital, of course, manages wealth. Despite the recession, we still have uh, people that need wealth management. There's still management. some wealth left. There's some left. They've got some uh, well-known funds. They've been around for a long time. They had some trouble a while back. Here's what I'm attracted to. In 2008, this stock was at 37. According to Value Line right now, it's at 10. Okay. Uh, their cash flow is down from a buck 30 to projected next year 70 cents. It's about 13 times cash flow. I think that's a depressed number. Obviously, assets. We're down a lot. They're recovering, and those recoveries are not yet in the revenue. These are, you know, uh, fees are based on assets, so we're going to see a recovery. They have a long history of real superior margins like most money managers in the 30s. That says proprietary or... Yeah, but what's return on capital? Heaven forbid, heaven forbid it might mean overpricing, but... Listen, that's how our industry works. It all works. depends on what return on uh, capital is. Now, their is. return on capital is low. Oh. Uh, and so, thankfully, you know, we're buying this um, uh, based on uh, tr- trading at book and the book being uh, overstated. So return on capital here is nothing to write home about whatsoever. They're doing 4%, 8%, but it could recover into the low teens um, if they would just manage to write off about half their assets, which they're not going to do. Mm-hmm. Now, most of their assets actually are off balance sheet. They probably already did that. I'm, sh- I'm sure they have. Um, and I think most money managers... Tell? I'm sorry? Can you tell from the data? In no, they have, they have single-digit returns on capital going way back. And I think what they did, mm-hmm. I mean, there was a big event in 2003. They must have bought something, overpaid for it, and... Uh, They've had low returns on capital ever, ever since. since. So I'm not proud of that. Mm-hmm. But what I do like is that most money managers sell... Invesco? No, no, no. I don't know. Listen, most money managers uh, sell between three to five times revenue. These guys right now are at a discount to that number. Their enterprise value to EBITDA, or total value of the company relative to the cash flow, is about... Ten times, that's a 10% cash-on-cash return in a world that has, you know, 3% treasuries. And I think you're going to get some growth out of this thing simply because the baby boom is going to be seeking brands uh, to manage their money uh, going forward. And you've got some serious um, providers of wealth management services that are now under the shadow of TARP financing and all that. Janus is, I'd say they had... Not. 
not what under she, that under that yeah they're not they've got a nice brand um pretty stable in terms of margins going back and a and a and a good uh you know good earnings yield so i've done a little less homework here than i'd like to have but uh, my theme That's is evident. yeah no i just you know i i don't own this or i do own it i should say i own this i bought it about a month ago oh and um we looked in the shop at about 15 different money managers. The other thing about Janus is that you're probably buying them right now at a little bit of depressed value simply because their asset base uh, has been beat up and it's in the process of recovering and it's just not in the numbers right now. So take a look. Janus Capital, JNS. I guess I'm not really all that excited about that. Hmm. Okay. Next up, and I'm a little more excited well, no about No worries. This. I'm going to have a situation much like Is that. Is that right? Yeah. I'm torn. You know, I bought it, and I'm torn. Mm-hmm. You know, I just I took a half position. I'm sort of waiting to buy the other half. We're up a little bit in it. Um, the valuation is the issue. You really have to buy into the thought that their brand is going to capture share uh, because uh, other guys are discredited. Well, who is Janus, the Roman god of wealth? Is that right? Something like that. I, di- I did not know that. Oh, yeah. Huh. Okay. Well, well just on that basis alone. Randomly picked some old. Uh, next up, Fair Isaac, hmm. F I C, page twenty five ninety three. Now, now the f- question is, who is Isaac? What? Now the question is, why am I wasting people's time oh. talking about this stock? Mm. Fair Isaac is a uh, software company that invents the formulas that predict, you know, uh, do credit scores. Actually, the uh, FICO score is them, Fair Isaac Corp. And they have statistics guys, PhDs. Now, the problem, of course, is that they got it very wrong in this last cycle about who might default and who might not. You know, the people that overrated bonds and debt, you know, some of them are in this company. Now, they're fixing the models, obviously. They're working on that. And they're evidently maintaining their market share. Their margins stay proprietary in the mid-20s. Um, you know, you talk about return on capital. They're a little impaired also, but I think in in part that's because they overspend on on stuff. Uh, and maybe that's the nature of scientists running wow. companies. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. But okay. the valuation reflects that. It's at a 20% discount to the market P.E. The enterprise value to EBITDA, enterprise value being the the total price that we'd have to pay to own the company, the EBITDA being some measure of cash flow, the yield on a seven multiple is is 14%. That's a great return in today's market. Plus you get growth. So ask yourself, is credit going to be growing from here? I mean, it's been crushed and we're at a level where maybe from here over time, even just... I like the seven multiple a lot better than the... Well, population growth from here is going to help you, and uh, credit scores have never been more important than now, I would say. Or maybe they have. Maybe they were more important two years ago when they were getting it wrong. But they've raised prices. They've added some capability, and I think that they're going to continue to get well paid to try to predict who will and who won't default. And right now you're you're getting them at a 14% cash flow yield. Uh, What can I tell you? Uh, You've got some inside buying going on recently. Um... They've uh, made some progress. I'm when just the reading stock value was at line. What kind of price? What? The insiders were buying at what kind of price? Uh, well, you know, in February. So the the stock, the stock. Here's here's the thing. 
two years ago, the stock was at 48. It's now at 16. Wow. In February, it was at about 9. It's recovering. All these okay. things are recovering. So they bought uh, They do have some debt, so the market's traditionally been worried about that. They got about $570 million in debt. It's mm. offset by about $260 million in cash. So their balance sheet's really in pretty decent shape. What's the market shape. cap? They're, what? What's the market cap? Uh, let's see, Vern. You, uh, the market cap is uh, $800 million. I lost so my it's place. a lot of debt. I, no, you were talking about I don't capital know. structure. I lost my place. Oh, I'm sorry. Now, um, the, main, the main thought here is these guys have some type of oligopoly monopoly. You can see it in their operating margin in terms of their proprietary pricing. And then you're getting it at about uh, a 14% cash on cash yield. I'm probably repeating myself. Fair Isaac, page 2593. And then uh, finally this week, another software company. And I like the annuity nature of software where... Once you plug your stuff into everyone's computers, no one wants to go through the hassle of unplugging all that. <laughs> it's too painful. Retraining everyone, how to work everything. There's a huge embedded barrier to changing. So um, the, the thing I didn't mention about Fair Isaac, and I don't think they even say it here, but I'll bet you know they're recurring customers. So the number of customers you don't have to spend any money to get is you know probably 99%. Fiserv same thing. I'm running out of time, but these guys provide software to banks. They have like a bank in a box. They you can call them up and if you're a bank and you want to set up a bank in a gas station, bang, they can put a bank in there. They put some kind of machine in there and it's a bank. Uh they run all the systems at banks in terms of checks and credit and you know interbank transfers and all that and once you're locked into that it, you, no one wants to unplug from any of that. You can see that in their margins. They're doing a 30% operating margin. Uh, again, these guys, low return on capital. And I'm just going to have to say that these technology-driven companies, a lot of times, they just they spend a lot on technology. So their returns on capital are low. But in their operating margin, you can see how proprietary it is. And ultimately, some of the value is that a businessman or woman uh, buys the company, cuts the assets that are overvalued, and gets on with business. But you can see by the consistent cash flow, the recurring customer, that there's some kind of franchise here. And you have a chance, uh, just like at Fair Isaac, to buy it at a discount. It's trading at about an 8 multiple on EBITDA. So mm. I invert that. That's 12% cash on cash yield. And you have to ask yourself, are there going to be economies of scale in providing software to financial institutions that are about to get more regulated than they have been in 80 years? And 80 years ago, there weren't computers. So these guys are going to get their fair chunk of all money going to banks, and, uh, and that's going to come rain or shine. And it's going to be based on transactions, which are often population-based. So I think they're going to be the, in the ascension. they got a lot of cash. Uh, they're raising prices, and I run out of time. But cheap stock, Fiserv, page twenty-five ninety-four. And with that, uh, I'd like to turn the show and all that entails over to Vern T. Value. All by myself. Yeah, I'm heading out. It's a heavy responsibility, Adios, my friend. Okay, bye. Bye. Okay, we'll see if that's really the case. You know, you were talking about software. I found some interesting stories in the software industry this week. Oh, yeah. Are we going to have hey, a I'm back. Uh, beverage, beverage break? break? I'm back. There you go. Couldn't stay away. I know our long-term listeners were quite concerned there. They expect to hear your voice 
in the second half of the show as well. Hope to is what I'd say. Um, you know, if you're going to look at soft, or why not take a look first at? You might have heard of this little company. Um, has a hundred and seventy-seven billion dollar equity market cap. Microsoft. Um, they're in the software business. Yeah. And um, interesting thing about their track record: sales have, have never gone down. Yeah. That's a. Not quite sure how they manage all their capital. I'm sure they bought some of that growth, but uh, sales have never gone down. They have a 40% return on capital, something like that, right? Um, they do. Yeah. Um, you know, historically it was in the 20s when their margins were in the 50s. Now their margins are in the 30s, but their return on capital is in the 40s. Monopoly. Um, it, what they did is they paid out a big chunk of the capital base to shareholders um, back when the cycle was peaking. And, you know, you got to ask yourself, is there a more uh, more uh, credible uh, expression of running a company to shareholders' benefit than to pay out uh, a big piece of an overcapitalized Well, it showed up in sheet. the uh, government's, uh, you know, economic The GDP numbers. statistics yeah. at mm-hmm. the time. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, if I want to look at traditional uh, valuation multiples, I've got a $20 stock. And I have $2 in gross cash flow. And like most software companies, I have very little capital spending. So my free cash flow is very close to my gross cash flow. And this thing is 10 times gross cash flow. I calculated uh, looking at only $2 billion of debt but $25 billion of cash, a enterprise value that uh, recognizes that net cash position on the balance sheet divided it by can i interject or are you in the middle no let me finish the number go ahead Uh, value line says operating margin times revenue in 2009 will be a depressed 21 billion that's a 7.3 multiple so i can buy microsoft for 7.3 times ebitda i can buy it for about 12 and a half times earnings under a uh, market multiple i can buy it and get a 2.6 percent dividend yield believe it or not microsoft pays a dividend and you can get better than a two and a half what'd you say three percent treasuries here's the problem the stock went from 36 to 15 it's rebounded to 20 there's some ground it used to have that it could you know come on it could reclaim right now what were you going to say about microsoft uh well, it's a, remember, gotta, it's a gotta, monopoly. If you you're gotta, not you, Apple, yeah, but, but you're here's, Microsoft. Here's what you got. You got a couple of problems. On one hand, we know you have a government that even under a Republican president was willing to go after them as a monopolist. You got a European Union that seems to have no trouble just oh, suing the crap out of whoever just, has they any money. They have nothing to do except... And now you got a president Where are who, we getting our butts kicked by the Yanks? Let's go uh, get them. Now you have a president that seems to be taking a stronger view of antitrust and all that. So you've got that side worrying you know, people. And then on the other side, you have Google giving away a bunch of stuff that looks just like Word, Excel... <laughs> Yeah, a lot of the new product development, yeah. a new product wave, a new product coming in uh, 2010. So you know, at Microsoft one time, at one is, time, uh, you absolutely needed Microsoft to make your computer run. If you didn't have Microsoft, your computer did not go. <laughs> but now you don't need Microsoft whatsoever, and your computer can still go. 
And I but let think me ask that changes you, the if landscape, you could buy, If you could buy a stock that is... Well, I can buy a stock, so... Okay, but very liquid. Checkmark one. <laughs> it's very liquid, okay. Checkmark two, I can. Um, and uh, it almost always grows, earns a better than 35% return on capital, and you can buy it for less than a market well, multiple. Well, government always grows. What are you going to pay for that? Utilities always grow. What are you going to pay for that? But it's not a utility. It's not the capped. government. The growth is capped by it's the government's the, willingness the, to come and take them over. It's the equity. Or Europe's willingness to come and All right, we're going to move on to away. another name here because... Uh, I just... I, I guess I turned on that one. I'm sorry. I do like. Well, but you were you were right. The stock hasn't um, has underperformed over the last looks like three or four months. They're hemmed or so. in. I think as a utility, it's but interesting. the but in the bigger picture, big the stock yield. has been going sideways for three years. They should just pay a big dividend and be a yield. Spend. But they did that. Yeah. So now they'll build up the equity position in the company again. They're $25 billion net cash positive on the balance sheet right now. Build it up again. Pay it out. This is a value idea. Yeah, no, they right? will do that. I'm yeah. buying this I think cheap. So. I'm going to sell it when it's not cheap. Okay. I'd buy it. I just had an editorial. Yeah, okay. Comment. So it, Microsoft is seven times EBITDA. So I start with that view, start looking at Value Line's got a bunch of the software names that they like. And I'm looking, of course, for a positive investment thesis. One of those is security on the web in particular, as really, you know, the bulk of computing moves to an open environment that way. And um, these guys are the necessary ingredient that goes with Microsoft in terms of uh, providing protection for your product. Um, the other big name, of course, here is uh, McAfee. Um, Symantec uh, traditionally trades at a discount. I think maybe the growth rate's been lower. Um, recently stock uh, about 14 and a half, okay? And at that multiple... Got an uh, uh, enterprise value just a little under 12. That's the sum of the equity market cap plus all debt, less cash. In this case, debt nearly offset. In this case, debt nearly offset by cash. So even though it shows 35% of capital is debt, my net debt position is minor. I have, according to Value Line, I can count on 1.8 billion of EBITDA. I kind of wonder about that. They're showing sales going, revenue going down for the first time in 10 years, but operating margins going up. Doesn't usually work that way in the real world. I'm guessing that might be a little optimistic. But at that level, I had an EBITDA multiple of six and a half times, about a 15% cash on cash return. And, and they I'm took a price thinking, hike. hey, this looks pretty interesting. But I can't get – I've recommended the stock before. I, taking a closer look here, I'm not happy with what I see. There are very interesting changes in balance sheet here. Shares outstanding went from about $600 million in 2003, $700 million in 2004, and then more than a billion in 2005. Uh, equity on the balance sheet goes up by $10 billion from 37 to 13.7 and the following year they issue two billion dollars of debt um, and sales double over a two-year period of time clearly giant acquisition made there's no mention of it here i have no idea what they bought but they clearly paid a huge amount for something and then what two and a half or three years later last year equity goes from in 2008 equity goes from 11 billion 
to $4 billion, in large part because of a giant write-off to write off most of the goodwill from the acquisition that they'd made two or three years earlier. Oops. So it's kind of hard to – the returns here used to be in the mid-teens. They went to low single digit with the huge acquisition. Well, of course, because the balance sheet's swollen, I'm going to pay down the capital, I'm going to convert it to equity, and um, it's, the progress there – not real good because of the big write-down they had to take. Returns have improved, but it's sort of a because false of improvement. And uh, operating margins are uh, nevertheless in the 30s here. So wanted to like it, but I see that. I also see that there's nothing but constant selling going on in a stock that's been going sideways for five years in terms of absolute value. So the cash flow multiple is cheap. But it doesn't look like the people that work there believe in their own product in a way that, uh, you know, you'd want people to be invested in the company. Um, certainly not as good as the thesis that I would think you could, you know, develop around security. Um, so I got to. Well, Apple's gaining share. Maybe that puts into this question is SYMC. You know, whether Turns out rare thing on the value that. on um, from the value guys not recommending Symantec. But recommending Microsoft, not recommending it. Recommending Microsoft with almost a point higher uh, multiple. Wow, yeah. that's out of left field. Bro. Wow, I I'm know. with you though. Different, I like Microsoft, though, huh? despite my earlier comments. Now I've got one more name here that I think looks sort of like the ultimate value story. There's clearly something the market knows that I don't know about this situation, and so I strongly urge you to take a close look at that uh, if you do any incremental. Um, uh, if you pay any incremental attention to uh, this stock, which is called Real Networks, the symbol is RNWK, value line rates at 5. They lowered their rating on May twenty second, 2009. So with the current issue, downgrading to a 5. Wow, right. Oh, wow, you're, that's breaking news. How about that? The stock was 11 or $12 in 2006 and seven, seven and a half bucks in 08. Uh, it hasn't reached four this year. It's two and a half right now. Do they do that real audio on my computer? Well, you know, I don't it's know. Annoying. It's Leading annoying. provider of digital media services and software used to find, play, purchase, and manage digital content, including music, yeah, they have no video, and games. They uh, the, Their products and services are used to create and deliver digital media to PCs, Mobile phones and consumer electronic devices. Well, we're going to want more of that stuff, right? Yeah, but why wouldn't iTunes, we want more of their iTunes stuff? Has them boxed out. Well, yeah. I, you know, uh, maybe um, their revenue breakdown: consumer markets two thirds, professional or technical one third. One of the things I think is interesting here is they haven't had a positive EBITDA margin since two thousand three. They've generated some positive free cash flow some of those years, but uh, uh, they haven't had a positive operating margin. But R&D is almost 19% of revenue. Wow. Add that So back. clearly having a positive profit margin or not is in part a function of a management decision. Here's the valuation argument. Uh, equity, there is no debt. Equity market cap is $345 billion. Guess how much cash there is? I don't know, but I like it. Three hundred and seventy-five million. Okay. There's more free cash on the balance sheet than the equity market cap. So the market is saying they expect this company not just to destroy value in the equity sense, but also to drive um, cash flow negative. So 
It doesn't seem rational to me with the cost structure. That's a hundred million of R and D spending that I have some discretion over. So you, you ought to take a look at R N W K. But my favorite mm-hmm. idea this week has to be the good old reliable Microsoft MSF. That's going to work out. At about Needs, twenty dollars. Long time. Well, I'm making a long term holding. What do you like? Uh, my favorite this idea. I like this because it's got a real franchise. They got a piece of banking. Fiserv. F I S V. And that's all for this week. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week.